where we are with a new episode of uh, Pints and Pages at Savini Comics. Um, my name is uh, Nick Savini, and we are getting ready to discuss a recap of episodes one and two of Wrestlers on Netflix, the OVW Al Snow um, promotion that is running in Louisville, Kentucky. They have a new show called Wrestlers on Netflix, and we. Um, are watching it um i i kind of pushed the subject it's uh wrestling is a passion of mine so i um but the guys were were okay with it because i i think i'm turning them to the dark side <laughs> so we are uh we're going to discuss episodes one and two we're going to break it out into kind of chunks we thought about doing the whole season but i think it's a lot so we're going to do episodes one and two then we'll do three and four, we'll do five and six, and then we'll do seven. There are seven episodes in the season. So um, I think that's the best way to handle it. That way we're not throwing too much. So I know what I thought of the first two episodes. Um, I guess I'm interested to find out what you guys... I'm a wrestling fan, so I loved it. It was great. I, I liked seeing everything. I liked seeing behind the scenes. Um, obviously, we're going to get into a discussion, but I'd love to hear what your guys' thoughts of the first two episodes were. I thoroughly loved it. I used to be a wrestling fan as a kid, quit watching it. Now, I definitely think, not that I go out of my way to watch it every week, but I would definitely watch it. And I know we talked about possibly going down or joking about going down if we have free time. I would, I would love to. Because it was that just off those first two episodes, it was really good. I enjoyed, like you said, I enjoyed seeing all the behind the scenes stuff, how they do it, how the business is somewhat run, seeing Al's, what we see of Al's point of view and what we see of the other two guys. Yeah, definitely the most interesting part is Al Snow's point of view versus everybody else's. It's yeah. like his, um, his knowledge of the wrestling business, which I don't think anybody disputes, is like way beyond anybody else's comprehension of how the yeah. business should work and how it does work. Um, the only thing that they have to disagree with him on is, I guess, um, what they should do with that knowledge. Um, I think that's kind of where it, where it sits, but he definitely has a just a, a knack, not even a knack, just a passion of life. It's his, it's what's run through his veins. Um, he just he loves it. He loves it, and uh, it's what he's lived for forty years. He says, and uh, he he just uh, a lot of the things that he says in the show. He said to me personally when he was here about the wrestling business, you know, the, the wrestling is real. The intent is what's fake. You know, the, the two people really don't hate each other, but it's their jobs to make us think that they do. And, uh, but the physical part, the wrestling part is real. Um, so it, it's, the, you know, him trying to get that across and him trying to, uh, what amazed me was him writing storylines. I mean, he writes yeah. storylines, he produces the show, he, he runs budgets, he, he may do it poorly, but he runs budgets. And 
and it's it's like he he's he's telling the commentators what to say. He's um, it's just what what he has to take on week to week to put on a Thursday show. Also, he's in there training them. Yeah, and he's training them. So one of the first shots they show is every one of the wrestlers in OVW around the ring while Al's telling them what to do. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he he's training them. He's writing. He's producing. He's uh, it's, it's it's just it's incredible. And and it's like um, the live shows that they do. Um, you know that that the co-owner Matt Jones seems to be pushing in the first two episodes. I think, um, I think that kind of lessens Al's involvement because it's like the live shows really don't need storylines because national audiences aren't watching them. Yeah. So, um, Tucky cable TV. Yeah. So we, we, some streaming services. We literally just got done watching the first two episodes, all three of us together. Um, I had already watched them. Um, I'm not going to lie. It was probably my third time watching them. <laughs> um, but that's all right. And, and I don't, I don't mind it. I catch a little something every time. But I, I discussed during the thing where because there's a moment and this is in the ep- second episode so oh we're definitely not going in chronological order uh, no got it now but this is a this is a point that i wanted to make before i forget it they're, they're in the second episode they're in they're in the country boy kentucky brewing company and they're wrestling and and matt jones insists that they have a, the the university of kentucky football coach fight some guy that loved Louisville in a, in, a, in a Kentucky versus Louisville university type fight and Al thinks it's stupid because it doesn't doesn't help storylines it's pointless it doesn't do this and that and I think I think both of them missed the point of what the other one's trying to do yeah um Al shouldn't need to worry about storylines because it's not on TV. His TV audience isn't tuning in. His TV audience isn't driving down to watch the show in Country Boy, Kentucky. So he really doesn't need to worry about... WWE doesn't... Even AEW, uh, WCW back in the day, they didn't worry about storylines at house shows. And that's essentially what they're running is house shows. They're running their their summer tour that this Matt Jones um, decided that they needed to do to make money. It, it they're running house shows. They're running a summer tour and they're going from place to place. And and when you're talking to house shows, you don't need to worry about storyline. No, and you need to you need to interact with your demographic because. There ain't nothing cooler than when uh, a band or a wrestler or anybody is performing in your town and then they reference the town or something about it. And like, it kind of connects you with them for a moment because they're like, okay, they're talking about something I see every day. Or, you know, they're either they're shit talking it. So now I have this built up hatred for this heel 
because right he should talk my town, but you know the you know the good guy over here just fucking loves coming to our town. Yeah, or, yeah. Or the first time a big name comes to town, right? You know, people remember that. So yeah, I I think Al missed the point of what he was trying to do. Yeah. Um, the flip side of that is that. Matt Jones, the co-owner that came up with this idea, which really wasn't a bad idea, and I get it, Al didn't like it because it had no point, it had no story, but at a house show, it really doesn't. But what Matt Jones needs to realize is you can't pull that shit on a weekly show or a pay-per-view. No, you can't. You can't do it. Not when you're a regional promotion. Yeah. Now, WWE might be able to get away with it because they can run a segment in Denver, Colorado. Yeah. Involving the Denver Nuggets or the Colorado Rockies. Right. And that's fine. Or like when the Rock goes back to Texas. You know, like right. He, he, but they can't run... It, it there it's a weekly show in the same building in the same town every week, yeah. and you can't run gimmick matches every. in every week in that, especially Kentucky versus Louisville. You can't do it. It's going to get stale. It's going to get old. You might be able to do it maybe once, maybe twice, but you're not going to be able to do it consistently. And and Matt Jones wants him to run all these these gimmicks. For the weekly show, and they're not going to work. Gimmicks aren't going to work for the weekly show. You say gimmicks are only that gimmicks. They don't right. They don't have any substance to them. They're going to work wonderful for the summer too. Yeah, but they're not going to work for the weekly show. And and I think that each of them was missing the other one's point. Then you also don't want to just become like this gimmick wrestling. Uh, oh, there's plenty of those. There's yeah. plenty of those. Well, I know, but you can tell how Snow does not want that to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's plenty of yeah, yeah, like I personally agree with, you know, that kind of be a dumb move to do. Yeah, I mean, you, there's plenty of those. There's, you know, there's the wrestling. wrestling. There, well, there's a wrestling federation where a guy a couple of weeks ago uh, won a match. Actually, he didn't even win the match. That was the bad part. He didn't even win. He took a weed whacker to a dude's nuts. And didn't, didn't well, he, didn't, he didn't win the match. But yeah, I mean, there's gimmicks all over the place. And, and that is not Louisville versus Kentucky, but it's weed, worker, weed whacker versus nutsack. But I mean, it's, it's still gimmicks. GCW is is a gimmick promotion. They run. Uh, most people are not know who they are. You guys probably don't. Know I know who they are, but they're a gimmick promotion. They throw each other through glass wind. Like instead of setting up tables, they'll set up glass windows and throw each other through them. Wow, no, wow. they'll they'll put up. They'll duct tape. High budget backyard wrestling. Yeah, they'll duct tape fluorescent lights together and hit each other over the high budget. Yeah, so I mean it's it's ridiculous. That's it's gimmick, dumb. But there's a market out there for yeah. it for whatever reason, and people tune in. But OVW is not OVW. People tune in, and whether or not, and they get into it into the second episode. People really aren't tuning in. People aren't showing up. All right, that's fine. 
but they're not going to start tuning in because of gimmicks. They tune in because of storylines. The wrestlers need to be developed, and the storylines need to be developed, and and that will drive the show. And I think that's where Al's at. Um, and I think that's what he's pushing, and I don't think Matt understands it. Yeah. Granted, Matt's worried about money, and he's not worried about anything else. Well, and he's, he, as an investor, I can understand, not like I am one, but like understanding how investors work, I can see why he's probably dumped a shit ton of money into it, but still, you gotta make sure what you're pumping out there is worth watching, not just seeing the dollar signs rise. Well, and he's, he's also incorrectly inflating I think what he's been able to accomplish as far as bringing fans in, because they kept cutting through the the country boy place, and he's like, "Look at all these new people," and it, he just doesn't account for the fact that there's <clears throat> a venue following. Like anything you put at certain venues, there's people like me who just show up, no matter what you have in your venue. That's the, the Day of the week that I want to come down, I'm coming down regardless of like what show or who's playing, <clears throat> and I'm going to be there for that. But I'm not going to go to every one of your wrestling matches, or I'm not going to go to one of your wrestling matches a block down the road. I just went to my buddy's venue, right? And right. I, they're sitting in a brewery, and you got to think those people are probably those brewery venue folks. That are just like, oh, they're having wrestling down here. We're going to come down anyway because we do every Thursday or Friday night. Was- yeah, I mean, we all love we all love bonus finds. Yeah, well, I mean, we all love bonus finds. So kind of the reason if, this thing started. If if a if a if a wrestling promotion in South Bend, yeah, said we want to throw an event in the bonus fights parking lot, we're going to show up. Because yeah. it's at bonus fights. Awesome. You guys are going to show up because it's at bonus fights. I'm going to show up because it's wrestling. Yeah. But, I mean, but with even with that being said, people are going to show up because it's it's at bonus fights. Hey, bonus fights has wrestling this weekend. But what they're not going to do is go, man, that was really cool. I think next time they have an event in South Bend, I'm going to drive an hour and a half. Yeah. And go watch them in South Bend. They're probably not going to do that. You might get one or two people that do that. So yes, your gate, um, your ticket sales, I, I, you know, which is the same thing as a gate. But your gate is going to be inflated because people are coming to the venue. People yeah. are coming to the place that they love, not hey, not the event. He thinks he's bringing those people in, but he's just gotten lucky picking a couple good venues. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's all it's been for him on his tour, is picking good venues here and there, and he thinks that's going to do him some good. Well, and he's... Uh, you gotta... He's probably, but, you know, so, so not only that, but here he is at, at, at Country Boy Brewing in Kentucky or whatever. We'll give him a shout-out, because I think they're on the show. Yeah. And and so here he is. And I'm sure they paid him a decent amount of money to bring OBW there. Yeah. He probably paid the wrestlers pennies. 
you know, and then and then sold tickets. You know, yeah. so so he's getting money to bring in OVW. Then he sells tickets to make even more money. Yeah, and then he's probably paying the wrestlers. You know, maybe uh, maybe he's paying a hundred dollars a wrestler. $200 a wrestler, and then the rest of the money that the wrestlers are making are from the merchandise that they're selling. Yeah. So, I mean, he is probably paying 12, maybe 13 wrestlers. He's probably not paying any of their travel. He's probably, so he's got maybe $1,500 wrapped up in wrestlers. The venue probably paid him a couple of grand. He's probably got at least what he paid the wrestlers in ticket sales, yeah, he's going to make money. When it's happening at Davis Arena, which is an arena where OVW happens every week, an arena that he owns that doesn't pay him to have an event there, yeah, you're going to lose money. Yeah, No shit, jackass. You're going to lose money. Your whole... And, and that's the hell of it. I think they both need to work together and shoot live on the road. Like they need to shoot their live stuff on the road because no other wrestling organization is headquartered to like one constant spot. They're always traveling and their storylines will follow. They'll have their regional interactions live and then they like it needs to be just a mash of both. Just so mixed together you can't the find it the line. The um, and I don't know OVW's situation with the Davis Arena. I would guess that OVW doesn't own Davis Arena. They could. I don't know. Right. They could. But like, so I'll throw back. This is this is my this is my tangent of the night. Bonus Pints is a craft beer and wine spin on the classic arcade located at 422 East Broadway in beautiful downtown Logansport. Bonus Pints is the anchor of the bonus building on the corner of Broadway and 5th Street. They have all your favorite classic arcade games and both classic and current pinball machines. Every Wednesday is trivia and every Thursday and Friday there is live music. Come and bring your friends. The food, the music, the games, and the people. There is something something for everyone at Bonus Fights. Regional wrestling. So if you go to regional wrestling, none of them, not a lot of them stayed put. They traveled. They they and they but they didn't travel very far. So the Sportatorium, the Von Erichs. In tech in in Texas, owned the Sportatorium. They held an event every week in the Sportatorium, but they owned the arena, so they weren't paying rent. They were running the event. It was on TV. They sold tickets. Place always sold out. Blah blah blah. And they would travel from here and there. But if you look at places that have their events in one spot, I mean. Um, not a lot of them have survived. Not a lot of them have survived. They're all regional and they all, they all at some point still had to go on the road to yeah. film stuff to make money. They, I mean, they had to, they had to, they just, because staying put and staying put, paying rent and 
hoping to sell enough tickets to cover all that was too much. So you had to go on the road. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you had, you had, um, uh, you know, Florida championship wrestling, you had Georgia championship wrestling, you had AWA, you had WCCW, um, even Jerry Lawler in Memphis. I mean, even he had to travel and that was, you know, and that was one of those things where Jerry, um, you know, had this regional promotion, um, you know, Memphis professional wrestling that brought in Andy Kaufman and did the whole thing, but he, he still traveled and his circuit was literally like Memphis, St. Louis, Evansville, Indiana, Jeffersonville, Indiana. And then, um, and I think there was a spot in Kentucky, maybe it was Bowling Green. And then it started all over again. And he went, they went to those five cities and that was the circuit. Because if you hear old wrestlers tell stories, they tell stories about, oh, yeah, I remember wrestling for Jerry Lawler in either the USWA or Memphis Pro Wrestling, and Evansville was a stop. You know, Indiana wrestling has always been huge in Indiana. Um, the South, for sure. Um, the middle and north, not so much. But, like, because Evansville was always a circuit for uh, Jerry Lawler's promotion, which he owned for, I think, 50 years. And um, now OVW's down there, and they run a lot in the South, um, you know, because they're right on the border with Louisville. So they're, I mean, they're right there. So they run a lot, a lot of shows in Indiana. And there's several smaller promotions still running today um in indiana but i mean that's that's how they ran and and to your point brad they, that's how they made their money was they ran the other show they and they didn't necessarily televise them but they had to run they had to run five days a week yeah. so if tv was on Tuesday, then they ran live shows on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. and then they were back for TV on Tuesday in Memphis. You know, and that—that's how they ran, and that because you had to run the live shows to make money. You had to run the live shows to make money. Yeah. Uh, so I'm now curious, and I know you're only a fan. Obviously, you wouldn't have that much inside like knowledge, but I'm curious then why. OVW only does a summer tour and why they haven't made their own circuit, especially because it seems like they've been around for a while now. Well, I think they do a circuit to an extent. I think they've always done a circuit to an extent, but nothing to where it was classified as a quote-unquote summer tour. Okay. I, th I think they've always stayed right there rising sun louisville jeffersonville you know they're all right there on the on the ohio river yeah you know i think they've stayed right there and then so i think they've stayed right so there it's just not wide but so. yeah but i think this summer tour was taking them a little wider a little more out of their thing plus plus i will say this and and i have way more insider knowledge than a normal person should it's an unhealthy knowledge of wrestling it just i mean is. i do know that but uh, like um 
a lot of these people, so if you're watching the first two episodes, um, I'll call out the wrestlers that they, they do. Mr. Peptacular, Jesse Goddard's. God, and, gotta love his segue. And, Literal segue. Yeah, and, and Hollywood, Haley J, <laughs> and um, uh, Cash Flow. Um, but there's wrestlers that they haven't shown yet that I hope they do. Um, the veteran Jack Vaughn is a big guy in OVW. Um, he's the heavyweight champion currently. I, I hope he's in the show. Cal Hero was a guy that was here with Al. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, at the beginning of August, and he is currently the Rush champion. But what 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 happens is is they run the show on Thursday. But then they give those people a chance to go wrestle for other independent promotions in the area to make money. So if if Al's like, hey, I'm only going to run Thursday TV, you know, if he digs his feet in the sand, which kind of sounds like he has, uh, we're only two episodes in, if he digs his feet in the sand and says, I'm only running, I'm only running Thursday TV. Um, so I'm going to give you guys Thursday, I'm going to give you guys Friday and Saturday off to go to go book yourself somewhere else. So Cal Hero's like, all right, so I'm going to wrestle live for OVW on Thursday and get my paycheck. And then I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to drive to, you know, Milwaukee, Wisconsin and wrestle in a street festival. You know, I'm going to wrestle one of their local heroes. Uh, you know, for an event on Friday, and then I'm going to jump in my car and I'm going to drive to Cleveland, Ohio, and wrestle one of their guys on Saturday, and and he's collecting a paycheck everywhere he goes. So Al's like, Al's probably, and because they talk about it a little bit, where he doesn't like the whole traveling thing, Al's probably like, it's cheaper for me. To let them go collect a paycheck from somebody else, then have to pay them to load up everything and take the whole OVW somewhere, hold an event, and it's definitely less work. Oh, yeah. That's and, and, and not to mention, Al came here and he did signatures and he did a meet and greet. And he did a, um, and, and it gives him free time to do that. So, so the wrestlers are doing that on their days off um, to make money so they don't have to fully, solely depend on OVW. Located at 430 East Broadway in beautiful downtown Logansport, on the bonus level, the second floor of bonus pints is The Lantern. The Lantern is a glowing light in a small town. They're a shop filled with art, clothing, books, and all your current Hollywood Halloween needs. They are currently carrying cat skull candles, black cat drinking glasses, Halloween themed dresses and shirts, and some 3D horror decor that will scratch your Halloween itch. Check out their Facebook page for when they are open and what new items they are stocking daily. I mean, that makes sense. So now, the ones that work at the Holiday Inn, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah, Haley J and Eric Darkstone, and, um, and um, Maria, 
Um, I, I don't know if they have the opportunity to do that. I would hope that they would. Um, but I do know because I follow him on social media, um, both of them that Jack Vaughn and Cal hero both do it. They, I mean, they, every weekend they're somewhere wrestling. They're yeah. somewhere not in Kentucky wrestling and Jack Vaughn's usually neither one of, well, no, they both take the belts with them. Um, oh, really? They, yeah. They take the belts with them. Um, because I think it's a promotional thing for that local federation, you know. So if you're wrestling in, you know, for if he's going up to Milwaukee saying I'm the yeah, heavyweight yeah. champion in OVW, yeah, yeah, there's a big thing. I think it, I think Cal Hero's dad owns Great Lakes Championship Wrestling up in uh-huh. Wisconsin, and I think he goes up there quite a bit and wrestles as the OVW Rush champion you know which is kind of like their cruiserweight division and uh but yeah i mean i that gives them the opportunity to do that right wrong or indifferent it does um whether or not that's the smartest business decision i couldn't tell you matt jones obviously from what i could tell in the first two episodes doesn't think it is he'd rather pack up the van pack up the bus and take the take everybody on the road it would just be a print to everybody, but yes, yeah. very clearly. Yeah, so uh, but he makes money. He makes it, yeah. You do. You, I'll, he makes money. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he makes money, but which makes sense because the venue's paying him to be there, and then he's got ticket sales on top of it. Yeah. So I mean, it makes sense, but um, the wrestlers aren't making any more money. Uh, um. As a matter of fact, some of the smaller promotions may be paying them more to be their big top guy in their main event. You know, and, yeah, and sometimes right. some of these guys don't even care that they're main eventing a small. They'd rather main event a small show than be third on the card on a big show. You know, so um, I don't. Sense. I don't think it's any better for the wrestlers, but for the promoter, probably. Probably for Al, it's probably a big giant pain in the ass. He's got pack everybody up. None of the matches that are going on have anything to do with storylines. All the people are traveling in their own vehicles and stuff. So then he's got to pray and hope nobody breaks down. There's not an issue in transportation. And they probably have to give them a, they, they probably don't have to. I would hope they give them a per diem. Right, right over travel that for travel. I don't know that they do, but I would hope that they would. I'm making it a little bit. Yeah. I would, yeah. They I would imagine Al Snow being from old time wrestling. He probably tries to. Well, I mean, back in the day, I don't think they got in. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's him being from old time. I could see him like, hey, I didn't get anything. I know how hard this is. Here, Here's what I can give you. Yeah, I mean, you could see that happening. The, the he grand, seems like somebody really cares. He cares about the wrestlers more than anything else, yeah. it seems like. Yeah, the great story of Stone Cold, you know, talking about how poor he was before he made it, you know, and, and he was wrestling for the Von Erichs in Texas and, living uh, you know in a studio apartment and like all he could afford was a bag a five pound bag of potatoes and uh and like three packages of ramen noodles 
And and that's what he ate. Like he literally just peeled and ate potatoes, whole potatoes for dinner because that's all he could afford was a five pound bag of potato. Like I mean, it took years before the Irish started dying of only yeah. I mean that was that was good for a man. (laughs) That was what he did to make it. So I mean these these guys definitely don't have i mean they don't have to pay them but it'd be nice if they did and a lot of them are making a living doing it so i mean obviously they're getting paid well enough uh some of them some of them are making a living some of them are i can't remember what i think it was cash flow who mentioned how much he made at night and we made the assumption he probably worked three or four nights a week and what? Yeah, I mean, we, he, he, said, like, he said between merch and between between an appearance and merch, he makes what three or four hundred dollars a night. If he so, works three nights a week, that's no, nine. He's doing if he's doing a Thursday, really good. Yeah, if he's doing a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, maybe a Sunday. I don't know. Yeah, three nights a week. Either way, if he's doing three nights a week, he's making more a week than I do. Yeah, I mean, if he's doing after taxes, he's doing three. A, I mean, he's doing three a week at four hundred dollars. That's, I mean, and and he's he's he by far. I watch it every. I watch it every week. It's on in the store. Anybody listening wants to come up on a Thursday between seven and nine. OVW wrestling is on the TV in Savini Comics. I watch it every week, um, but. Cash flow is definitely one of the more popular wrestlers. That's for sure. That's for sure. Brad got to hear it in the background today, this week, while D and D was going on. So, but yeah, I mean, Cash Flow is definitely one of the more popular wrestlers. Um, so I can see where his merch does well. Um, I think Mister Spectacular's merch probably does pretty well. I was gonna say he seems like he probably has a pretty good. He he seems like he's got the uh, charisma to have a pretty big following. He's definitely a bad guy. Um, I don't know which one of you said he reminded you of the Miz. Me. Okay, but yeah, he's definitely a Miz type character. Oh, he seems a hundred percent just like the Miz. Um, Not obviously that they're. Well, I know. Yeah, I you only can come up with so many original ideas, but. Yeah, he reminds me of someone else too, but I can't place it. Uh, just in that, uh, he's got that just a pretty boy mentality. But there's a name that's beat. popping up in my yeah. head, and I have to Google it. So I don't want to seem like a retard just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is it Kenny Rhodes? No. All right. When I googled the name, I wish that was the name. He did have that dashing Cody Rhodes a little bit. One of the pictures that popped up, it was him with slick back hair, the same way Mr. Pectacular seemed. Yeah. Or no, his isn't slick back, it's just short. Yeah, it's just short. Are you thinking somebody current? Like No, I don't think they're current anymore. Uh, uh, we, we need to keep trying to guess forever, and it would never work. <laughs> <laughs> pictures. The Miz is definitely the one that pops into my head first. Every time it popped up, that's all I could think of was Miz. I liked I liked how the show took you behind the scenes, pulled the curtain back. Um, I loved seeing that bus shot that they were doing for well that whole yeah promo they were the, doing. yeah the whole uh, cinematic match that they pulled together that was good. 
um, they they definitely they definitely have some production value there. But even Al said during the thing, I appreciate all you guys. I know you have full time jobs. I know you got to work in the morning. You know, and it's like, God, and it was like yeah, two a.m. Yeah, it's like two a.m. and it's like, man, I can't believe that that's what they're doing. But I, for the love of the game, I mean, yeah. that's what it is. But I, that, I mean, that just shows you how much all every single one of them wants to and loves being there. If they're willing to be out yeah. there until two a.m. Yeah, filming with one camera guy and a flashlight, as I'll put it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, it's like. This is the stepping stones to the big leagues. Like, this is where they all start out. For some reason, they can't get successful enough, but they can pump out great wrestlers, which makes no sense. I was going to say, they were showing. Right. right. What was it? John Cena, the Bishop of the Miz, as we mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. They showed Batista, Brock Lesnar. I mean, they've produced so many of the biggest, all the big names I know of. So, okay, so I, I will, I will say this because I do know that I, uh, again, you know more than normal. I would be my, yeah, my geekdom is, uh, <laughs> as as uh, Matt Jones puts it, my wrestling door, my wrestling door moves, moves wide. That fucking pissed me off. So, and I'm um, not even a wrestling fan. Yeah. So, OVW was originally a developmental territory for WWE. So, yes, John Cena, Batista, Randy Orton. Was it, was it like a basically a talent for? It was. It was, and it's what NXT is to WWE now. Okay. Okay. So when they found new talent and they signed them to a developmental deal, they sent them to OVW. At that time, OVW was owned by Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette ran OVW as a developmental territory. So him and Danny Davis, the other owner, um, they came up with storylines and ran it like a promotion, but what it was, was it was still under the umbrella of the WWE. They made it sound like, they made it sound like OVW and WWE had a working relationship, and I'm not saying that they didn't, but WWE basically owned OVW. But now they're independent, or are they still under... They they're not under that umbrella anymore. So so Which what had wild. happened was Jim Cornette got out. Danny Davis bought all of it, and basically when he bought all of it, at some point WWE was like, "Hey, listen, we don't want to be regional. We don't want to be affiliated with an a regional possession." At the same time that Vince McMahon blew up all the territories. Uh no, he blew up all the territories. Way before, I, I was way obviously I don't know that much knowledge. So way before that, he, oh, yeah. he I just heard you mention territories. Yeah, so. no, he bought all the territories way. Before. He ruined all those territories way before that. And, uh, so it's, and I know this is a little off of the documentary, but I'm thinking it's a question I'm thinking about. As in, someone who's been watching wrestling for basically your entire life, what is your opinion on the fact that? that happened because i heard that's something that really changed everything in wrestling is when he came through and just 
bought every territory and just glue it all to I'm making it sound dramatic, but just changed everything. So so it was a little before my comprehension time, I guess. Um when he decided to go national and do WrestleMania and decided to take this promote because WWE originally, WWF, was only in the Northeast. Okay. I did not so know that. So WWE was Madison Square Garden was their home territory. So like so OBW, that as so was only twenty three, I'm like, damn, Madison Square Garden's your home territory. So so, like, Madison Square Garden was W. So, Madison Square Garden was WWE's Davis Arena to OVW. Really? So, it, so they would travel through like Boston and Baltimore and and Bangor, Maine, and they would stay up in that New England Northeast Territory. But their big giant events was Madison Square Garden. Oh, okay. And they sold out Madison Square Garden and they had a, an event, like I'm going to say every week, every other week, and they sold it out. They sold every week. Bruno San Martino in the 60s and 70s probably sold out Madison Square Garden, you know, 40 times in a year. I, I like he just, like it was, it, that was their territory. So, the, they had the Northeast. A, AWA had the, I, I'm going to say Midwest, but really wasn't Midwest. They had Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, probably the Dakotas, and they ran kind of that territory. The Von Erics for World Class Championship Wrestling ran Texas. Um, so you're talking Dallas, Houston. I was gonna uh, say Texas takes up the side. Yeah, so it, like it was the Dallas, Texas, Houston, San Antonio, that kind of kind yeah. of thing. Um, there was Florida Championship Wrestling, which um, was kind of like uh, Dusty Rhodes kind of ran it there for a while, and that ran through Florida and a little bit of Georgia, and then the NWA ran um, in between Florida. And the WWE. So they had like the Carolinas and Virginia and things like that. I can't get it out of my head. Did you say NWA? NWA. Uh, my brain just went straight to the rap group. Yeah, it's not. That. Yeah. So <laughs> it took, I couldn't get it out of my head. So, so the National Wrestling Alliance. So the, um, they ran, they ran that territory. Now, the interesting part was, is nobody went west. There wasn't anybody out west. No one in Cali. There was no, there was nobody out west. Everybody was, everybody was like Iowa to the east. There was really nobody out west. Ever. Ever. Nobody out there. For whatever reason. I don't know. Um, And then Jerry Lawler and Jerry Jarrett and them had the middle of the, the middle of all of that. So you had Tennessee, Kentucky, Missouri. We um, had Chunk of Missouri, Arkansas, things like that. So the NWA champion and the WWE champion were like the biggest champions. But NWA, AWA, 
WCCW, um, Jerry's, uh, the Jerry's promotions, Memphis, Florida, all had their own heavyweight champions, but they were also all a part of the National Wrestling Alliance. So, like, the NWA champion was technically the world heavyweight champion, and he would travel. He would go to Memphis and wrestle a couple of matches as a big attraction, then he'd go up to the AWA and he'd wrestle a couple of matches, and then he'd go to... So he kind of traveled. The WWE champion never traveled. The WWF champion did not travel. He stayed where he was at. Located at 430 East Broadway in beautiful downtown Logansport, on the bonus level, the second floor of Bonus Pines, is Savini Comics. Savini Comics has all your toys, gaming, and comic needs. We have Dungeons and Dragons. We have Magic the Gathering. We have Pokemon. We have Disney Lorcana. We have Marvel and DC comic books. We have Marvel and DC figures. We have Star Wars. We have wrestling. Come join us at Savini Comics for all your gaming, toys, and comic book needs. Um, Andre the Giant was was one of the few guys that could travel anywhere he wanted. A lot of the guys couldn't. They only traveled in certain areas. Andre the Giant could go anywhere. I was going to say, I've always heard Andre to be just, even when he was alive, a legend. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so he could pretty much go anywhere. And and a lot of these guys would travel. Yeah, I've heard so many stories about Andre. So so they were all broke out into territories, and they all had their own thing. So WrestleMania one, which was in Madison Square Garden, was kind of the start of Vince McMahon saying, "I'm going to take over." Like, I'm going to run a pay-per-view, and I'm going to run this big thing. And then all this, and then what he did was, he didn't buy the promotions, he bought the wrestlers. Oh, shit. So what he did was, he went to Florida Championship Wrestling, he went to that area. And just found all and the wrestlers. And he bought, like, so, so Florida Championship Wrestling is like Florida, Louisiana, Georgia, he bought Junkyard Dog. He bought Tito Santana. He bought Ricky Steamboat. Brought them all up. He went to Memphis. He bought Randy Savage. Brought him up. He went to the AWA. He bought Hulk Hogan. He brought him up. He went to WCCW and brought Kerry Von Erich and brought him up. Like he just, he just started buying the wrestlers and bringing them to him and the promotion and saying, you can't compete. Like, he signed them to contracts that said that they contracts. couldn't compete for the other because they were always able to travel, and he made it to where they couldn't. They could only wrestle for him. Once he did that, and the promotion started having trouble getting wrestlers, he started. He didn't buy them. What he did was he started slowly. So instead of stopping at Boston, now he's in Philadelphia. Well, now he's in. Now he's moving to Cleveland. Now he's in Indianapolis. Now he's in Cincinnati. Now he's moving to St. Louis. Now he's going to move down to Little Rock. Now he's in. Now he's in Orlando, Florida. Now, so he started running events in their towns 
and basically ran them out. He didn't buy them. He basically ruined them to the point to where they were worth nothing and then bought them on pennies on a dollar. That's what he did. I was just saying, I only... Well, yeah, that's well, basically well, what he well, did. I'm trying to. I was going to say, anyone overpriced, that's a whole other argument. Not argument, discussion. But that's, that's what, so that's what Vince McMahon did. So, okay, that makes he, worse. All I've ever is he, he, his dad gave him control or he bought it from his dad. And his dad was like, hey, whatever you do, don't mess with the territories. And Vince went, all right, Dad, I won't do that with fingers crossed behind his back. <laughs> yeah. And then immediately blew it all to hell. The only one he wasn't able to conquer was the NWA. Really? And the NWA from what I barely hung on because it was Ric Flair and Harley Race, and you couldn't mess with those guys. And they hung on and then changed their name to WCW. And then he ended up buying them anyway. <laughs> like, I mean, they hang out, they hung on. They, I mean, they, they, hung, on. they hung on. They overtook WWE in the ratings. I loved watching WCW. Like, NWO was great and perfect and wonderful. And, uh, and, but I mean, all, Great things come to an end, and he ended up buying them anyway. So, but yeah, I mean, he owns, he uh, he owns. Vince McMahon owns every single, including OVWs. He owns every single wrestling library. Period. Like he owns, he owns the hearts. He owns two hearts. Stan. I feel like, and I get it, it's like he owns that thing, but I feel like at this point he's almost verging on a monopoly. He owns, he owns Vern, he owns, yeah, he owns Vern Gagne's AWA. He owns uh, Fritz von Erich's WCW library, or WCCW library. He owns Jerry's Memphis library. He owns everything. Like, he, I mean, he literally owns everything. He even owns um, a couple of the small promotion libraries from um, Europe, Evolve, and a couple of those because he took those out. He took those out too. So how did he manage to take over Europe? Also, or not take over, but well, take I mean, those guys out of Europe. Well, I, mean, he, I mean, he just went over there and plucked talent. I mean, same as he did. Yeah, when you start okay. plucking talent, it just goes away. Look at what it. So my, I, I don't like AEW. I'm not an AEW fan, but look at what AEW did. They did. They took Vince's leftovers and plucked some people and started their own promotion. I mean, and and they've been they've been semi successful. But they've been semi-successful, not with homegrown talent. They didn't go out and find like superstars. They didn't develop superstars. Like, okay, so they got Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen, and they're fine. But those guys are like they're a dime a dozen. Like they they wouldn't be successful anywhere but AEW. Um, but I mean, look at the the main guy. The main guys. The main three or four guys in AEW, John Moxley, who used to be Dean Ambrose, 
And we've got to start in WWE. I was going to say, that's the only name I've known so far. Samoa Joe, who got his start in TNA and, and Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor, really, is where he got his start. And then he went to TNA, and then he went to the WWE. But he's not an AEW homegrown talent. I mean, he had a name before he went there. You've got um, MJF, who... They say is an AEW homegrown talent. He was in NXT before that. I mean, he was a developmental WWE wrestler before he did that. So I mean, so I mean, he went through he went through the paces, and then just ended up getting cut. And then AEW grabbed him and then claimed him as homegrown talent. Eh, bullshit. Whatever. He learned his craft at WWE, and then. And then couldn't, and then got for cut the, for the big crowd. Yeah, and which he can't probably can now. I mean, right. he's, he's great as a world champion. But Adam Cole, uh, Ring of Honor, WWE kid, and now they're they have plucked WWE talent and called themselves AW, and that's fine. But don't tell me that, that but they're not. Uh, they're they're a minor league to me. They just are. They just are. And and it's it's spot fest. It's big move after big move, and that's awful to watch. Sometimes I I get it. Uh, Al says it in episode one. Uh, you can do all the gymnastics you want. It's, it's you know it's fine. But it's like you still got to tell a story, and I don't. None of those AEW matches tell a story. None of them. None of them tell a story. The the only compelling story in AEW right now is Samoa Joe and MJF. That's it. And CM Punk getting fired, and whether or not he's going to come back to the WWE. That that's the most compelling thing about AEW right now is whether or not CM Punk's going to come back to the WWE. So okay, I'm and I know we're. Way off topic with the We're way off topic, but I love it because I saw wrestling. wrestling. The, more, the more you talk, the more questions I can ask because I do have a little <laughs> memory from when I was a child. Um, so, CM Punk, why did he ever leave WWE? In the because I remember being a kid, seeing him, and then all of a sudden, in my brain as a child, because I remember when I like when I was a child, it was like I saw him at a pay per view. I think I saw him for like one or two more bras. I think he was on, and then all of a sudden he was just, in my eyes, just gone. Okay, so they. And I was also, I think, like nine or some shit. So they fired him on his wedding day. What? Yeah, they fired him on his wedding day. Um, that he seems just like a dick move. He just didn't get along with management, and and he's a dyke, and like, he's a he's a different he's a different guy. He's just a different guy. Anyone who's worked with me says I'm the same way. So he just he, yeah, he's just he's a different kind of cat. That's all. I mean, that's all there is to it. He he kind of wants to. He, I, I've heard it said several different ways. I think the best way to describe it is is that he he claims he's. He claims he's out for change, but I think he's only out for change if it if it if it involves him making more money and him being on top. What do you mean out like, for change? Like he like, so like he was tired of the the stereotype that you had to be a big muscular 
like Rock, John Cena type guy to lead the WWE. You want more people like me and Brad where we're a little so like so CM Punk and 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 Brian Danielson. Um or Daniel Bryan, whatever you want to call him. Also not saying that like me and Brad have any sort of muscle. But those two like smaller, smaller smaller, more wrestler oriented wrestling oriented guys could lead the company too. Um, but the point that I've always heard Triple H make was CM Punk was only for that change if it involved him being on CM Punk being the guy that got the belt and got to be on top. When Daniel Bryan started to catch fire, I started to become the top guy. Um, CM Punk resented that because it wasn't CM Punk that was on top, it was Daniel Bryan. And it's like, well, this is the change you wanted, or really isn't, because the change you wanted was the change you wanted was I don't I, I want to be I, the change I wanna you wanted on was top. what the change you wanted was him being on top, not guys like him being yeah. on top. Yeah, and that was that was the difference. He was selling it to the fans. In that one way, but he was really meaning it enough. Yeah. And now I know they a well, I'm bad with all these acronyms. AEW. Then mm-hmm. he get in a fist fight in the locker room or something. He's got in a couple. A couple. He I only remember the one you mentioned to me about. Yeah, he's been in a couple and he got fired after the last one. So, but but with that being said, there's a couple of tool bags in AEW, and and I don't mind saying this because I don't know who listens to the podcast, but I'm sure that it's not any of those jackasses. But honestly, the young zombies, the young, the tag team, the young bucks, and Kenny Omega are a bunch of jerk offs. They just are. They're they're not. They're I I don't like watching any of their matches. I don't like hearing any interviews with them. They're a couple of guys that think that they're just, they're a couple of guys that think that they deserve $400 million WWE contracts and never got them. And, and, and they're just, they're, they're not very good storytellers. They're not very good. So they can go out and put out a decent match. I get it. They're awful storytellers. And, you know, the Young Bucks big thing was super kick party, where they just, like, for five minutes straight, they just super kick people. And I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I, like, so those guys... That just sounds... So what they did was they brought CM Punk in, and those guys are executive vice presidents of AEW because they helped start it with Cody Rhodes. So... The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega. Like their ass in the locker room? So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. He got in a fist fight with those three guys in the locker room. That That's what it was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because... That takes so... And then, wait. Because at a, press, at, a, at, a con- at a press conference, he said that you can call yourself an EVP, but if you act like a jackass, you're going to get treated like a jackass. So then when he went to the back, they confronted him. So then he proceeded to get in a fist fight with him. And they had to be pulled apart. Now, was, now I got to ask, was that the first fight? And then that they was, kept him? That was the first fight. And they kept him after that? Well, the owner, the owner, Tony Khan. Like, I think I know nothing. They suspended him, and then Tony, Tony Khan brought him back. 
I was gonna say knowing nothing, I agree with CM Punk just fucking sticking it. Oh, uh, you're not you're not even close. So Tony Khan brought him back. Not only did he bring him back, but AEW had a show on Wednesdays called something. Fridays called something. I don't know what they're called. There's one dynamite, one's ignition. I don't know. But anyway, there's a Wednesday show and there's a Friday show. They actually brought CM Punk back and started a Saturday show in which they gave CM Punk complete creative control over. And the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega weren't allowed to be on it so that they never had to be in the same locker room together. <laughs> wow. Oh, not only did they bring him back, I think that's a little extreme. Not only did they bring him back, but they gave him his own shit. Like, just because I'm me, I, there are so many times I would love to have paused, punched a boss figure in the face, so that's why I can commemorate Sam Punk for being willing to do that. But to bend it, like, I don't know, that just seems fucking fucked up to give him his own show. Yeah. I see punches one of the executive perks. I guess fights all of the executive producers in the locker room. Yeah. So then he gets in another fight. And then the owner, Tony Khan, that gave him his own show, tries to break up the fight. And then he got in a fist fight with Tony Khan. So now he's been fired again. So, yeah. So now they're saying he might go back to WWE. I don't know. Um I don't know, but anyway, it's been an interesting. It's been an interesting six months for Sam Punk. I can tell you that. So to me, he just sounds like an egotistical fucking dumbass. I was like, as much as I agree with yeah. some bosses, because I think a lot of people run their mouth a little too much, just in general. He he is way too big. He could run a pro- if, if he could just keep his ego in check. He could run a hell of a program. I was going to say, I loved him every time. Granted, I was a kid, but I loved him every time I saw any time he was on the screen. Yeah, he's got to keep his ego in check. That's his, that, that's his own, he's his own worst enemy. That's for sure. That sounds about that's, right. That is for sure. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So back to wrestlers, because <laughs> God, I went on a, you guys, yeah. let me, you guys let me go. You guys let me go. The way I look at this is, it's wrestlers and just talking about wrestling. Cause. So, um, so back to wrestlers. So they discuss, they discuss a few different ones. What are you guys' thoughts on their having full-time jobs? Like it, the it, delivery guy. Yeah. It, it's crazy to see where there's such a gap from uh, OVW to the next class of wrestler and like that they because yeah, they classify themselves as tier three to be just so to give anyone who hasn't watched it well and that that's it, that gap is so huge for those two you know between two and three that they have to work full-on day jobs or they live ratchet you know trailer park days Lives, yeah, a couple of them, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We talked about that a lot. We made a lot of jokes, but, but that's, it looks like, that's the point. It looks like some of them are a little bit more well put together. Mr. Particular seems like he is on a strict schedule and does things to a T. He's probably got his finances in 
I'm assuming whereas I I don't know, like cash flow just looks like like I was I described him as a union worker. Like he just looks like the union worker guy out of the bunch coming in, punching that money, you know. Um, but yeah, they do it. They make a living. Yeah, I think it's really impressive the fact that all of them are working full time jobs. Not all of them. Not all of them. Some of them, I think, make a full time living wrestling. I just don't think it's yeah. a lot of them. Right. Uh, most of them work full time jobs. I think it's really impressive that they're doing that. And like we discussed earlier, they're out till 2 a.m. Film- and I know that was a special thing, but filming a uh, basically a short film almost in the middle of the night on a, what was it, a Tuesday night? Yeah. They all had to be at work in the morning. Yeah. So it's like, I think it's impressive. I think it sucks for them that they can't, or so far can't make a living. Yeah. But also, like you, like Brad mentioned, it's this OEW seems to be a stepping stone. Yeah. So, yeah. And I don't know how Al, Al Snow feels about that or Matt or any of the other guys, but. For a stepping stone, I think it's, you know, it, it fits, but I think it just sucks seeing how much work they're putting in and getting basically nothing back. I think, I think stepping stone is, is, uh, is where they want to be. I honestly, I think that's where OVW wants to be. If they can be, the, okay, I see what if, you're if Al Snow can be, if Al Snow can be the trainer. Of the stars, you know, of the next big thing. Staying on top. Yeah, then I think that that sits because that what that'll do is that'll bring the cream of the crop, and that also gives uh, them a, to OVW, and that gives them a way to also sell OVW the yeah. pay per views and live TV and stuff. Yeah, where. Were the training grounds? You're going to see them what's next in the WWE. Right? They they talk about they they, they, they talked about it. It was and it and but uh, also yeah. like you said, that's kind of they kind of over <laughs> over glorified it a little bit. But to me, they did. But I I mean, but also at the same time, if they're trying to get to that point, I would over glorify it to yeah. try to push the narrative. Hey, hey, we're training grounds, guys. Let's be training grounds. Yeah, yeah. The um, you know, the current. The current, um, well, it just ended a program. I guess I don't know if he's going to be on the show anymore because he wasn't on the show this week. Um, but they just ended a program with um, Mr. Pectacular, <laughs> Jesse Goddard's, um, wrestled the main event of the pay-per-view was against EC3. Um that, I was like, that name's not familiar. Ethan Why? Ethan Carter the Third. Um, he was in WWE for a while. He was big in TNA um, or Impact Wrestling. Um, so was all right. I got to Sorry to interject. TNA. I watched TNA. That was around when I was watching wrestling, right? So it keeps ringing a bell to me. So okay. So when WCW when WWE bought WCW. Um, Jeff Jarrett started total nonstop action wrestling TNA. 
right, and like bought like Kurt Angle and well, Kevin Nash and Booker T and oh, okay, I Mick feel like Foley. Explained, yeah, yeah, right. like yeah, you've explained this, and they were kind yeah. of like OVW. Yeah. They filmed everything in one spot, and they really never traveled. Um, so now I understand watching those first two episodes why they were losing money. Yeah, because they didn't travel. Um, and having, if you're not, if you're not, even if you're selling out, if you're doing a full production, like you got, I mean, you can't give those tickets away. Like you're going to have to sell them for a shit ton of money because that's a big production. Even if you're doing it in one studio in low location, especially if you don't own the studio that you're shooting on. And I think they were shooting on Universal Studios. So I'm sure she owns. I'm sure they didn't own it. Um, but anyway. EC3 is the NWA heavyweight champion currently. And he's been on OVW TV as the NWA heavyweight champion. So, um, so I mean, that brings some credit. Um, that's Al kind of getting... Uh, the more that the OVW stars get over, the more he can bring people in, like EC3. The biggest, uh, yeah, yeah. The biggest problem with that is, is they come in for a while and then they leave. Like EC3 had been on every show up until this week, and then all of a sudden he went on it. So I don't know if that means him and Jesse Goddard's program is over because they didn't really beat each other. One, they won. I think Jesse won by. God, like disqualification, which was kind of cheesy. Bullshit. Yeah, so like nobody pinned anybody, but I get it because they were both champions, so they really couldn't. But but then EC3 goes away. So so, okay, what, so. I, so what I hear is they basically just story wise need to be able to write people off a little, not write them off, but like if they're going to the WWE or have a chance to. They have to be able to write a reason as to why not just let them slip. Like, not. Oh, yeah. 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 If, that's, if Crack Addict J is going to the WWE next week, Jay. if she's going to the WWE next week, I mean, she's going to lose the title before she leaves. Like, they're right. going to have to. Right. I mean, she's going to lose the title and then she'll leave and she'll just disappear. But I guess that's something I've never enjoyed with wrestling. And I'm. Again, I haven't watched since I was a kid, but just people would just randomly show up and leave. And again, I get it, I was a kid, but like, I feel like if you don't write into the story, it gets a little confusing as to why. Because, like, you know, you get, say, The Rock that goes and does Fast and Furious. Well, he can't be on WWE for the next three months because he's doing filming or whatever. Not that they have to, you know, come out and be like, hey, he's filming a movie. But write a reason as to why. Because that was something that never, I could never understand. And I get, I'm talking like when I was a child, but they need to do better with it. And I'm even talking WWE with that. I don't know how they are now, but. Yeah, no, they're the same way. And they're not going to change. Like, that's just, that's just just how they do it. Like, somebody loses and they go away for a couple of weeks and they might rebrand them when they come back or repackage them some way, but that's just how they do it. That's, I mean, that, and that's just what they do. Right. That's that's just me picking at, picking at bullshit. Yeah. That's just what they do. But, uh, it's one of those things that I wish they do a little, 
I guess a little better explaining, or at least a little better giving a reason why they've gone. Yeah. You know, I obviously don't you know, have to come out and be like, "Hey, he's still in a movie or whatever the fuck." Yeah. But yeah, I'll blow your minds right now. NWA is still an active wrestling federation, so National Wrestling Alliance is still active. They're on TV, um, you know, Fight TV or whatever, just like OVW. You got to pay for it, um, but National Wrestling Alliance has. Just like OVW, they have like an arena where they have their weekly show in every week. Um, and they have a heavyweight champion. It's EC3. Um, do you, either one of you know who owns the NWA? No. Billy Corgan, the lead singer of Smashing Pumpkins. What? Owns the National Wrestling Alliance. That's hilarious. What? He owns he owns the National Wrestling Alliance. He actually helps write some of the creative stories for the National Wrestling Alliance. He's an active participant in their daily operations. Yeah, you're blown, at least my mind. Hey, yeah. I, I know I get more of a reaction than grandpa. <laughs> I know you yeah, guys can't see it, but what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not what I thought was yeah. coming out of this. Yeah, Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan owns the National Wrestling Alliance. He's a huge wrestling fan from his days of growing up in Chicago and yeah. having all the local wrestling stuff. He's a huge, huge, huge wrestling fan. Yeah, that, I will definitely say that was my mind. I keep seeing advertisements for their, I think they're going on tour right now. Smashing Pumpkins, yeah, they were just in Indianapolis like last week or whatever. But yeah, he... Owns, yeah, he owns NWA. Yeah. So, weird, weird stuff. So, um, anything more about wrestlers? What do you, I mean, what do you guys got? Anything? I would be excited. All I gotta say, seeing the first two episodes, I'll be excited to see the rest of it. And I'll be excited to see where these wrestlers go. I'm getting a little more interested in wrestling. So, I'm gonna, not that I'll watch every week, but I might start watching WWE again, and I'll be excited if I see any of these guys on there, because I, I said it to both of them while we were watching it. Even though this is Tier 3, I think the acting can... They show, and I know them sure picking for an editing of a documentary, but the acting that they showed is actually really good, even in comparison with the WWE. And so I, I'll be really excited to see that. That's all I... No real questions, but I'm ready to see some more like behind the scenes drama, like just to see like uh, them butt heads with each other. Oh yeah, I'll see how that. that. <laughs> get my, you know, what desperate wrestlers, whatever. I love. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think you're gonna get a lot more drama between Al and Matt. Yeah. Like and then Greg Greenberg or whatever his name is. I think the owners are gonna get well Greg that Greg Greenberg's running for mayor, so he's got to nice. Yeah, I don't know why they showed that in the middle of episode two. Yeah. That was stupid. Yeah. And I guess my only I won't go on a full tangent, but god damn does that Matt seem like a goddamn prick. He does. So I'm interested to see. Um for anyone that may be watching or watching along or decides to watch it, I'll tell you now this is a little bit of a spoiler, but the, the motherfucker has seen a um, grown man at the brink of tears, and all he does is be like, 
the guy, watch the documentary. I don't want to spoil it fully, but all he gives him is a thank you and walks away, drives away on a golf cart. Like, oh, I'm such yeah. a good guy for saying thank you. Man, he's such a prick. Yeah, it, they definitely portrayed him as a bad guy. Yeah. In the first two episodes. I guess, yeah. Sorry, my bad. I should say they're portraying him really yeah. as a prick. I should choose my word. Yeah. But they are portraying him as a prick. And I cannot stand it one bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Brad had it right. The, I think it might be intentional. Doing it. <laughs> you guys are probably right. I'm, I'm one of those people that can get easily wrapped up in things yeah. and forget there's a story behind it. So you guys are probably right. There is a story behind it, I think. But uh, who knows? If there's not, it's a missed opportunity. If not, if not, guys, are the same thing. Thankfully, Al hears the podcast and knows to just make this a story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he can yeah. do the things he wants. The crowd will tell him he's shit. Yeah, you guys just yeah. wrestle. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, uh, when Al's listening, because we know he's gonna. <laughs> As if he needs to turn it into a story. And, he, and he's got three guys right here that could, I mean, I'm pretty sure that we could, if he needs a backup announce team. Yeah. You know. Oh, I would. I would. I would. Productively. I said this while we were, and I would, I would love to get a hold of him, whether dad can do that. I would gladly donate my time any <laughs> chance I fucking get to help that. Yeah, if it wasn't four hours away, right? It was three and a half, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I could even deal with that just if it wasn't Thursday. <laughs> I was out for a sighted shift. Huh? I look good in stripes. <laughs> he wasn't even said that. Yeah, I could I could tell oh man, I could be a referee. Do a referee, man. Hey, I think I'm the only one that officially is any kind of referee. <laughs> yeah, I totally get into that. Totally get into that. And when he's listening to it this week, I'm gonna give a shout out to Matt Swisher because he needs to make sure that the uh, bonus building uh Christmas party is uh, held at OVW Davis Arena this year. Take out of Got to be wild. <laughs> I will gladly drive four hours to go watch the that. Party, the party bus. <laughs> yeah. The party bus. All I got to say is just, if Al is watching, he better prepare for us all the bonus guys <laughs> to be in the corner screaming and yelling and cheering all on. Uh, I couldn't imagine we filled that place up. They wouldn't even know what to do with us. Well, I bet I bet we easily could. Uh that's funny. That's yeah. funny. So alright, where are we at time wise? Are we good? Hour sixteen. Yeah. Oh, an hour 16? Holy shit, you guys let me talk. You guys let me ramble, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, All right, sorry, sorry. I, I did not apologize. I, I, I rambled like crazy. Hey, so. I purposely asked questions to make you ramble. All right, yeah. yeah. We're supposed to sit here and talk. That's the point of a podcast. We sit here. I know, but I know, but now we're in 16 and me just rambling about wrestling. I don't know how well that's going to do. <laughs> there we are. Who cares? We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So, um, all right. Well, I guess we'll wrap this one up. I think we're all ready to hit the hay. And uh, so this is the the basically the uh, Nick rambling about wrestling episode of uh, okay. Lights and Pages. Um, my name's Nick. I'm Brad. 
I'm Levi. And uh, we'll see you next time.